podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. My name is Trev Downey and I am podcasting to you from a clammy room here in beautiful rural Ireland. All for your listening pleasure so you don't have to hear the noise of a fan or passing cars because I've got a window open. So if I go quiet at any stage, it's because I've melted into a puddle. Hopefully you'll understand that. I am joined uh, by Carl Kopak. I'm joined by Cam Branch. And I'm joined by producer Guy Drinkle for this show as ever. We said we'd be back regularly and then we failed to be back regularly. I can only apologize for this. We are trying. Um, so it's my usual task to welcome these lads to your ears. But before I do that, I wanted to start with sort of a personal little anecdote because of the season that's in it. I'm sure I can't be the only one who's taking advantage of dry and warm evenings uh, to get out into the fresh air a bit more. Um, and I've taken to lighting fires and sitting under the stars and I enjoyed immensely. Uh, well, Saturday evening, just gone past, been out. Imagine out. Like Mickey Flanagan out, out, out in a actual hostelry, having food and uh, having a few drinks and came back from said outing and realized that my fire did not have the requisite fire logs uh, to get the thing going. So rather than be patient and do paper balls and all that kind of stuff, I thought in my inebriated state that I'd put some petrol on it. Yeah, that went badly. That went badly. I was not paying attention to what I was doing. One of my lovely little brogues got absolutely incinerated as I tried to stamp out the mess wow. that I had created. Uh, it nearly went up the leg of my beloved blue pants. A disaster. Uh, uh, I, I went out the next morning to, to um, peruse the charred remains of the steps and lawn. Um, an absolute unmitigated disaster. Not to say that we didn't just uh, eventually settle down once the petrol can had burned itself out and enjoyed the fire and have several more drinks. But then, you know, that's that's uh, Irish hospitality for you. And I, I, I was uh, by the, this um, and to tell you about this, by I was looking at Ron Swanson quotes because that's always a good default. And he says uh, the key to burning an ex-wife effigy is to dip it in paraffin wax and then toss the flaming bottle of isopropyl alcohol from a safe distance. See Ron there from a safe distance. Do not stand too close when you light an ex-wife effigy. And I would like to utter my personal uh, echoing recommendation of this. Don't stand too close to the fire. Don't pour petrol on the fire, you idiots. Uh, don't be me. Anyway, here we go with the show, and we have, as ever, Carl Kopak to start us. How are you doing this fine evening? Sorry, it's had a bit of a coughing fit, I do apologise. Um, well, I haven't set fire to anything, um, which I suppose is some level of progress. We have an opening quote, Good, uh, which is uh, from Adlai Stevenson the first, who was the 23rd vice, vice President of the United States. He said, a hypocrite is the kind of politician who will cut down a redwood tree then mount the stump and make a speech for conservation. Which I thought was quite mm, nice. That's nice and tasty yeah. and supremely opposite. Yes. Uh, least least said, uh, more impact, I think, on yes. that one. Indeed, uh, yeah. Lovely, lovely. I'm, 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 I'm I, right I, I do hope he sort of dropped the mic as he said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back in 18, whatever it was. 
Exactly. I, I, whatever the 18, whatever it was, equivalent of peace out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cam, what have you got to start us off, brother? I, I was listening to your story and I was funny that my mum reminded me the other day of the, the time I nearly burnt the house down. So, um, I can't quite relate to your tale of um, fire and um, doing stupidity. I think you told us this story on the show. You were only a kid, I right? I may well have done. Yeah, was you, you, it was when you were yeah, it was when you were a kid. I think you did tell us this story. It was yeah, I was wrestling like about with a, an empty tissue box, a candle, and the the last tissue, and he decided to put the <laughs> I decided to put the candle inside the tissue box, light it, and put the tissue on top, and then just stand there and watch it and think. Ah, fire! That's a, that's a, absolutely unbelievable. Pure like, caveman, pure caveman. But it's man, it it's like Firebug One Hundred One kit. It's like <laughs> it's like all you were I mean, missing there was some kindling. I, I must have been dynamite. about must have been about eight or nine years old. So, um, <laughs> so there was a nice there was a nice black stain on the carpet. Uh, I, I did. I did. I did say to my mum, "Yeah, but I didn't actually burn the house down, did I? Because I put the fire out. You've got to give me credit for putting the fire out." That's good hustle for a kid. <coughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's good hustle for a kid. What What have you got for us? Right, I've got a, one question for you both. It's the same question, and it's there's two answers. The two answers, if you get it, is the correct answer. Are right. ready? So, yeah, uh, yeah you, you know, you, you've got to think about this one carefully now, right? Okay. There are only two people who have ever won an Oscar and a Nobel Peace Prize. Who are they? An Oscar and a Nobel Peace Prize? Only two people. Oh, that's interesting. Brilliant one, isn't it? That's a great one. That's a really good one. I wonder... Um, can you, Guy could, Drinkle, could, you're wrong. What's Guy said? I have, hang on, I'll have to check on what Guy said. Guy said Al Gore. Al Gore never actually won the... Um, he never actually won the Oscar. He was... Uh, it was uh, something he was connected with that won the Oscar. Because that was the uh, the cheeky third answer. He, yeah, was, that was it, that was his movie, Uncomfortable Truth, wasn't it, or something like that? Yeah, but the, he did actually win the Oscar. The documentary. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Can you give me? Can you can you give us a decade to work with here? Uh, I, like, are we talk, are we talking sixties, seventies? If so, I think I have a sh- I have at least one shout. Um, I would say the one would be sixties or seventies. The other, I haven't got a clue. I didn't look what year it was. I'll be honest with you. I only, okay. know, I only know the answer because I was listening to uh, Stephen Fry conspiracy theories as on on my travels one day. Is that a, is that a thing? That's a show. Oh, uh, was it conspiracy theory? Uh, well, it's a Stephen Fry show. I'm, I'm, I may be mixing conspiracy theories up with a different show. Sorry, but there is a Stephen Fry show. Podcast that I've been listening to, and it was uh, he mentioned it on there. Fascinating by it. Just fucking 
the only thing that stuck in my mind, bizarrely. Well, I do have I have a good guess for one of them. Um, but well, no, after, after, after that, I don't. I, I I'm I'm at a, I'm at a loss. So, Carl, have you got both or one? Or what I've do got you one. I think I think I think one is Dylan. And I was going. What are you saying, Dan? I was going to say I think, and it's it's funny because he's actually a terrible man. But I think George Bernard Shaw. Okay, and um, so that's you've both given me an answer. I'm not going to say whether they're right or wrong. Okay. Any, any, you've only got one more guess now for the for your second pick. Well, and now that now that now that Carl said Dylan, I know where he's going with that. So I think that's probably the, that's probably the other one. If I had to lean into one, I see where he's going with that. So, yeah, I'll say, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, I, I think that's a good shout. So I think, yeah, I think that's two good shouts then between the two of us. So I'd say, okay. I'd say that uh, combo. Uh, well, I'll just let you know, the, the, the listener know that that guy said Reagan. That was my first thought as well. But I doubt he's won a Nobel Prize. I do ask, I doubt he's won an Oscar. Um, I don't think you won an Oscar either. No, he's, he's, he's mostly active with chimps, didn't he? Um, I think we should be enthused that it's not some sort of zombie shout from guy in the background. I'm I'm <laughs> fu- I'm fully behind this. This is great. Or oh, S Club. It's not S Club or Zombie. So did, did Pac Man the movie win anything? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Pat Man the movie won a won a Nobel Peace Prize. May have got an Oscar. No, I'm joking. Of people, obviously. No, I don't know. To be honest, <laughs> Pixel Star Adam Stanford. Yeah. <laughs> right then. Um, Pull us out of our misery, brother. What's the story? Yeah, go on, tell us. You're both right. Get up. Really? Yeah. Oh, Pygmalion. Yep. Would you have got something for that? Yeah, because yep. of the film. You would have got a credit. That's it. That's what. That's that's that's. And I, I I knew that one, and I knew the the Nobel. So that's great. <laughs> We've done all right there, Cam. You've got to say. Great for that. That's that's brilliant from both of you. That you know you both got you know the 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 each half of the question. That's fantastic. That's teamwork. Well done to you both. I would love that's actually yeah, and a rarity on this show, and we should embrace it. Uh, where there's no no no. Uh, uh, animosity or or, or or conflict or or competition that's beautiful i'm delighted with that remind me to play you a little quote from george bernard shaw on the next show which might change your mind about george bernard shaw quite a lot uh because he was a very 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 dodgy man uh i do want at this point to do uh to acknowledge uh, something here uh, in in the in the conversation just before we go on to our topics, and that is that from Darren Anthony, who's a listener and um, avid follower of the show, I got a couple of photos and or not photos, but um, ridiculously excellent works of art sent to me. Uh, in DMs and Twitter, and one sent on Discord. And it's a whole thing. And what I want to do is I want to be able to ping this stuff to you live in the chat and get your reactions to it. 
So I'm going to try and do just exactly that. I'm going to start off by sending this picture here, if I can, to, to you in the chat. And this should pop along now any second. Paste it in there. And you should be able to see this. Now, let me know what you think. And I will tell you what you are witnessing. Is it, uh, um, is there something else I can help with? Wow. Thanks, Siri, but go away. No problem. Is that the new That's you, buddy. The show? That's, that is, this is Cannibal Cam, says Darren, with, with two what? Ks. Yes. He says, uh, I sent you a poem on Discord which accompanies this picture. Cam taking on the persona of the Victorian-era ripper. Uh, a la Sweeney Todd type of rogue. Now, here's something else for you to have a look at, lads. See what you make of this. Because all of a sudden, the next two members of the team find themselves present in a Just visual art that. form. He's got the legs right there. He's got the pent right. No, He's got the tight pent right. Now, here yeah, we go. Skinny legs. How, how about <laughs> this? Right? So let me tell you what's oh, going on really? here. Now we have a picture, by the way, for the listeners, that was a really bad radio by me, sorry, for the listeners, that picture of Cam by Darren is fantastic. He's in a kind of, I don't know, almost like a seersucker blue suit with a top hat. He's tipping the top hat. He's got a manic, devilish grin and a, a blood, bloody knife in his paw. And the next picture is Carl in... Uh, Sherlock regalia, me and Watson regalia, Sherlock Kopak, he says, Dr. Downey, we are semi-warm on the heels of the cannibal, who uh, would be quite a bit closer if it was not for the fact that Dr. Downey continually contaminates the crime scenes with his leaky flask of Malbec and the endless haze of Doritos dust. So I'm apparently quite used to sidekick, Carl. There you go. Ruining everything. Now, I would like to read the poem by Darren about Cam, um, and we might finish with the, the show with that later on. But just an absolute, just a moment of appreciation well, for well done, mate. For seriously, for the the invention yeah. of some people. I mean, that is bloody fantastic. That is. It's what that is. It's just bloody fantastic. So thanks a million to Darren for that. Um, I can tell the lads are genuinely chuffed on it. Yeah. Uh, I know I am myself. And no, there is... Glorious. Glorious. Isn't it? Isn't it? And it started off with this picture here, which definitely has to be sent to finish it off, because this was supposed to go into the show at the start as a wind-up. So I just finished with this one. In fairness to Darren, he said he saw this picture and thought that there was a sort of similarity and added his own little uh caption to it there which is as you can see has it popped up yet in the chat is it on the way spinning blue circle there we yeah. go so you reckons oh. he, saw this, he says this looked kind of like your fa your favorite uh quiz champion irish man and he's he's labeled a quiz master 2021 <laughs> Place in the sun assured. Place in the sun assured. It's basically a, 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 a very, very uh, re downy reminiscent uh, caricature uh, with his big smug head on him. So uh, 
I've gotten both praise and 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 then the Glenn from Darren, and I think that's very very well earned on my part. So I'm, del- <laughs> I'm delighted. I'm delighted with that. So thanks a lot, mate. And we will get round to the palm. Don't you worry. That's that you the end of the show this is tremendous what a, what a lad so thanks for that darren now uh football topics to get started with i know you're all gonna you're both gonna have a couple of euros hot takes each so i want to let you at least have one um because we want to keep this show um between the, the the hedges and get out on our hard out time of 725 so with that in mind cam branch your euros hot take what is it um Okay, I'm going to do my finishing quote now. Cool. Because it, it's sort of relevant to where my you know, pot take is a take, but it's prevalent to what's going on right now. Okay. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. So, if you vote in a racist prime minister, don't be surprised if all the races come out the woodwork. And so, that's exactly what's going on right now. So basically what you're doing is you're doubling down on a topic we've come on here before, we've talked about here before, where if you sort of have a certain level of discourse in public, and you have people saying a certain type of thing in public that that emboldens a certain makes type. It okay, doesn't it? And it makes it okay, or certainly gives them a feeling that, like I say, they have a, a platform to be imbeciles in public. And yeah. I, look, I'll be honest with you, lads. I missed the first eighteen minutes of the European Cup final, and 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 I'm going to a point here, Cam. Don't worry, I'm not going away from your topic. Oh. I missed it because. I was busy watching, I got a, a, an Apple Play, uh, you know, one of those things. So yeah. I was catching up on the, on the Apple TV series, which I've never seen any of before. Um, and there was a show called The Morning Show, and I was utterly addicted to it. And there was 18 minutes left, and it just happened to coincide with the start of the European Cup final. And I said, I'm sticking with this show. That's how little I was in, in, involved, really, you know. Um, and well, I, apparently, Cam... I missed a whole pile of disastrous goings on in terms of behavior before. And the the intrusion of certain fans or incursion of certain fans into Wembley without tickets. I'm still not clued up on this. Could you talk us through it? And is this what you're chatting about? Or are you talking about the aftermath where certain young kids were getting racist? The whole of it. I mean, I mean, as Liverpool fans, we don't really have a spot, a soft spot for the England, the England national team as a whole. And one of the main reasons we don't is because of the English fans. You know that that mentality that the hooligans and folks they, you know, they hate scousers and you know they they sing songs about scousers. You know that there are not, you know, what we. You know, I'm not going to going to those songs or anything, but they're not nice at the end of the day. So so why should we have an affiliation with England when they don't want us to be a part of them, you know? If they're going to keep calling us murderers and bin dippers and what have you, you, you can't connect with that. The problem I have is I like this England team. I like what they stand for. I like the fact that they made a stand by taking the knee and insisting on taking the knee. 
I like the fact that Gareth Southgate came out and explained that they would continue to take the knee. I like that. Did I like the football they played? It was okay. Did I support them? Not particularly. But I like this England team. There's a difference in supporting a team than liking a team. Let's, I just want to make that clear as well. So when it came to the final, if that England team had won that final, I would have been happy for that England team. I had my Italy top on, as you all know. Yeah, I was supporting Italy, but I wouldn't have it wouldn't have bothered me one iota if England had won the European Championship. But what would have I say that it wouldn't have bothered me? What would have bothered me would would have been all these England fans being Billy Big Bollocks and all that and all that rubbish and all that baggage that comes with them. And it's never gone away. It's always been there. That their behaviour, you know, in Leicester Square before the game, um the the way they rushed in to get into the stadium, past the stewards, terrifying kids. They uh, joined the semi-final. A section of the England fans were were abhorrent towards the Danish fans, and you know, with with young kids there as well. There's an element of English fans that they're just pure thugs and thuggery, and that makes it difficult to get on board and support the England football team. They don't what it's like. It's like BMP running the the show, you know, Nigel Farage running the show, whoever, you know, and it and it's it's awful because we you really do want to support your national team. It, you should be, we should be. I I I I feel that I identify myself as a a British a British Indian, but I was born in England. I want to support England football team, but these fans make it difficult for me to support the team. They really do, and, that, and that's awful as a British Asian in that position. I want to be, they, they, they say we don't, you know, we're not inclusive. We don't want to be a part of them. Well, you're not making it easy, lads, are you? Why don't you just admit you're all racist and you don't want us there? I mean, what I will I, 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 I'll just finish off with one thing. Sorry, Chloe, just yeah. finish off with one thing. No, I've, go got ahead, three, go ahead. I've, I've got three lines on my chest. One is Rashford. One is Sancho, one is Saka. They're my three lines. Take that, you racist bastards. You 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 wonder, don't you? Uh, and Carl, I'd like to bring you in on this before we get, you know, whatever is your topic you want to talk about. Maybe there's going to be a crossover. I wouldn't be surprised if there is. But you would wonder, at the extent of it always is the thing that I, I'm curious about. And... I wondered in the morning afterwards, because like I said, I missed the lead up and I turned it off immediately after the, the, the final penalty. I wondered how much the next day of this stuff that we were reading about, you know, you know, when you get into a, a, an Internet sort of feedback loop and <clears throat> people are, are, are beating their chests and saying the things that they think they should be saying out loud in a very aggressive fashion. And I wondered how big or real or whatever it was or was it being blown out of proportion but it just it does seem doesn't it carl that there is this element which is maybe not predominant but it's really really virulent uh element to the to to that particular fandom and it just 
it does spoil everything. And you can see over the last couple of days, regardless, like I say, I'm not one of these guys who goes on shouting the odds on Twitter and saying, you know, yeah, you know, if you did this, then screw you or unfollow me or anything. I, I can't get on board with any that kind of behavior. Fair play if that's your bag. Absolutely. Knock yourself out. I'm not, I'm not being in the least bit judgmental. I just, I'm not into that. But what you can do very quietly is make a point of muting, unfollowing, or getting rid of any of the absolute edge lords, absolute edge lords who've been coming out of the woodwork over the last couple of days, trying to justify that kind of shite. They're the people that you want to excise from your life, Carl. I would have thought. Yeah, uh, it's the, the whole thing is is difficult because I don't like it when well sorry but my natural reaction when fans are criticized is to stand up for the fan because i am one because i've been in the grounds and i've been called x y and z because i'm a football fan and my natural reaction is is always I mean, even when i write in fact my, my my view is the fan comes first you know when people talk about fsg for example i'm saying yes but you don't understand this impacts the fan i'm not talking about the club i'm talking about us um so it's very, very difficult to view what happened over uh, over on the final, you know, the storming of the gates and that sort of thing. It was firstly horrible because people are saying, yeah, you know, that's what happened at Hillsborough. No, it didn't. No, it did not. And you've got that wrong. Um, uh, Hillsborough, as, as, as uh, the wrong Kennedy wrote on Twitter, um, um, the fans invited were invited into the ground by the police. That's a bit different. Um, what the painful thing for me is just the sheer inevit- inevitability of it. Um, the second they missed the penalty, um, it was. It, I think it's a culture of this country as well. It's like you know they're great, they're great, they're great. We had, we had um, Sam, what the fuck, you know the um, the ITV commentator going on about I mean, at the semi final, just the, the the strangest histrionics within the last ten minutes. Like you know, tell your boss you're not coming in tomorrow. They won't mind, and you know this is what we've been waiting for. This England team looks forward, blah blah blah. And the, the second the game finishes, everyone jumps up. So why why did he do that? Why did he miss the penalty? Well, you know. And Rio Ferdinand was doing that on the BBC, like saying, "Yeah, yeah, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You should be, you know, etc." And it's just, it, it 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 jumped from one approach to the other. And the inevitable thing about it is, the second you know you see the colour of the skin of the people who missed the penalties, you know what's going to happen next. Um, the sad thing for me is, it was no surprise yeah. that that happened afterwards. It was no surprise to me when um, I was out on Sunday, I was working, and you know, you put your phone on, you have a look at the setup, um, England fans being stupid in Leicester Square, you know, and night follows day. Um, and it's, it's awkward for me because I, I defend fans constantly, but, I mean, that's just, it's stupid. I mean, there's, there's no other word for it, you know. This, this is your opportunity to say, look, you know, everything was great. Um, and uh, I, I don't want to play the Uber Scouts card here, but, as you said, please congratulate the people who have watched the game publicly for not one single arrest. And you just think, why, why have you got to do that? I mean, it's just foolish. And I've been a young football fan. I've been a pissed football fan. But at no point would I think, you know, that's a good idea. Why don't we break into the ground with 5,000 people into a pandemic-filled, you know, secure stadium? Um, no, let's, let's, just, let's just increase the, the risk, shall we? And then, yeah. and, we, we, and we'll have, Carl, we'll have a lot of... Uh, British English, specifically English listeners who yeah. were, would have been desperate for their country to win, um, even though they will be, you know, of our uh, Liverpool supporting family, more than likely if they're listening to the show. 
they will have there, there's obviously there's all sorts of 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 different fans with different loyalties and different fealties and there'll be loads of really good people and i that's they're the ones i feel sorry for because the england fan is now a thing that's it's 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 a the england fan is is a stereotype now that's just grim i mean i know it was in the 80s uh, and i know it was often with merit but it's just really grim that these kind of individuals are the ones that are being, and you see, you know what I'm saying? I was wondering like, oh my God, are they blowing this out of proportion to create a story or is it actually this awful? And it seems that what we're getting down to is that, yeah, there is this very virulent, awful element that needs to be front and center and making noise and drawing attention to themselves. And until they're gone out of the game, um, we're going to have to keep talking about them. But how do you do that? Yeah, I how'd you, listen. How do you get them out of the game? I don't see how you can do it. I don't see how you can do it. No, I agree if, with you. If there is a way of identifying, and it has to be lifetime bans for more football brands. But you can still get it. Uh, but it's no, you still get it. But you've got to start somewhere. But you can get and, into the ground. But like I say, it's how do you identify? That's the issue. The rules I, need to be tough on this. I, I I always fear anything that involves more authoritarianism. I'll be honest, that's just the way I'm wired. But I hear what you're saying. Just the way, it's the way of the world now, it's unfortunately, yeah. At the end of the day, I, I, I went to Dortmund, watch Dortmund versus Liverpool. I sat in the Dortmund end, behind the goal, not the, with the hardcore, not with the ultras, the opposite end, wearing my Liverpool shirt. And I had the Dortmund fans trying to buy me a beer. They yes, were telling no. me to sing. No, that's brilliant. They were telling me, compare, me to sing. You, know, and let, you can't do that in England. Let me compare and contrast. This is brilliant. I'm delighted you've brought this story up. Let me compare and contrast. One of the many times I've brought kids uh, over to see matches from my school. Um, on one of those occasions, we were in... Um, Oh my God, Aston Villa's home stadium. My God, what? Villa Park. Uh, Villa Park. Uh, we were there for Liverpool, Aston Villa. Obviously, I, I picked the Liverpool game. Um, the Reds were doing reasonably well. Um, Jabby Alonso had just scored a penalty. I think that put us 2 1 up. One of the kids, we were obviously seated in the home end and we were given express instructions that the kids were not, if they're Liverpool fans, to express themselves in any way, shape, or form, and to sit quietly uh, and not attract any attention to themselves. One kid couldn't help himself. He jumped up. He's a true blue or true red, and he couldn't help himself. And he pulled open his shirt and showed it to his pals either side of him and sat back down. He was harangued and harassed by adult men. To the point, to the point that the student... The stewards pulled this kid, 13, out of his seat and dragged him away. And I had to leave the match to go and accost these imbeciles who are manhandling a child on the back of the fact that other imbeciles were directing virulent abuse at a child. Because in England, it appears, we can't have rival fans sit beside each other because we have to be afraid of the potential for violence. That That's shocking. You you compare and contrast that with your story. That's what I mean. It's so striking I mean, contrast. I, I, I've seen the very same thing at Villa Park 
where I was in the Doug Ellis stand. It was a League Cup game. The kickoff was delayed for, because of fog for about an hour, an hour and a half. Um, it was freezing cold. Uh, we were in the front row. We didn't cheer. Every time Villa scored, we got up and applauded. Every time Liverpool scored, we stood up and just went, yes. A little yes and a little fist bump, hoping nobody would notice. After when Liverpool scored the first goal, there was a, a Liverpool fan about 60 seats behind us um, with his uh, son and daughter, I guess. They cheered. This Villa fan came from about 50 seats to his, to his right, way down, across, up, gave him verbals. Threw a few fists at him, went back to his seat. The, the steward took the, uh, the Liverpool fan and his and uh, and his kids out of the ground. The police tried to arrest the uh, the Villa fan at half time. All the Villa fans just surrounded him, said, "No, you're not getting anywhere near him. Not a chance." And that was just, it. That was the end of it. Just grin. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just and, yeah. I've been sat in uh, just to put it. On another side, I sat in the Sakeni Dalglish stand. We were watching, uh, it was Liverpool 4, Spurs 0. It was the season uh, Sol Campbell left the club. It was the last season he played for Spurs. And we were thinking, yeah, we're going to get Sol Campbell. And we had Tottenham fans sat, with, sat in and around us. Nobody said a word to him. Not a word. So well, it can it can happen here if we want it to. But of course, I'm sure we want that. We want that rivalry. Fans want I'm that sure, rivalry. I'm sure it regularly does happen. But what you're talking about there is a different. The difference between tolerance and a yeah. bit of banter and over and back and a bit of a, a bit of competition. You yeah. know, that's the difference. And tolerance would appear to be in low, low amounts. Um, Carl, I kind of stepped on your toes with uh, extending Cam's topic. Was there something you wanted to bring up specifically, Euros wise? Or will we move it on to the Reds? I'll leave it up to you. I'll, 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 if I'm if I'm finishing the point, can I just say this? Great tournament, really was. It's really really great tournament. Yeah, it, it, it's it was a difficult one because you know some some uh, countries could only play at home, um, and you know there might be an advantage in that. Poor Wales had to run all over the world, Rome, Baku, you know that sort of thing, Amsterdam. Um, which might have made things a bit difficult, but I thought it was a really, really well done tournament. I thought the referee was really good, which, you know, I think that needs saying occasionally. I thought the lad in the final was very good as well. Um, despite this, it flow, never, didn't he? Have you seen this? I like, I like the fact that when, um, when people were going over and both sides were doing it, obviously, um, like he just walk up to him and smile and go, come on, you know, I'm a fallen for that. Um, but he did yeah. it. With, but he did it with a smile it was on his last game, wasn't it, the referee? That was yeah. The time uh, and I was also interested by the fact that apparently he's worth eleven million quid. Wow. Yeah, he he runs where he's, he's Dutch, really. Um, he he um he's got he's got his own um um supermarket chain. He just loves refereeing, <laughs> so he got into that. Talk about a life well lived. Oh, there's a, there's a guy who does not need to ever be worried about being accused of taking a bribe. Then, right? <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. that's, yeah. Yeah, it's a win-win scenario. Yeah, I, I, I'd, echo, I'd echo what you Unless said there. Unless you're talking groceries. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can help you out with some grapes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, Cam, just to let, give you a shout on this as well. I have to say, I'd echo what, what Carl said. I, I had zero enthusiasm for this thing. 
Uh, I didn't watch the first few games. I think the first game I watched was Scotland's second game because I just wasn't arsed and it hooked me in. It has been good. He's right, isn't he? It was the the football was good. The lack of VAR bullshit was great. Um, the yeah, there was decent, some decent refereeing, some really good football getting played. Interesting to get a look at some players. It reinvigorated my love of the game and primarily. Uh, and mainly for one big reason, I think it's the reason you mentioned on the last show, because there was loads of people shouting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, and sixty thousand in Budapest, you know, sixty thousand in Wembley, even though it wasn't maybe the safest place to be. Um, fans make a huge difference like that. It's a, it's a phenomenal game when you got even ten, twenty thousand fans just making a noise. So I only managed to watch the games at the weekends. I didn't get to watch any of the weekday games. And um, I think what also helps, uh, which Carl has rightly touched on, the refereeing. The level of the refereeing was was good. That uh, the games were able to be played the way they should be played, and there was no controversy. Was there any controversial VAR things aside from aside from the uh, Sterling dive, the penalty against? The only one I can think of really was the Lukaku offside, which was a stupid decision, but it was one of those letter of the law decisions. Wow. So, oh, card, yeah, guys, right? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about Lovins Red Card, so yeah, that was stupid. I'm guessing that was a weekday game as well. So, um, I think you know the games I saw the um the couple of the games I saw with Italy play before I saw one game I think Italy played before and. I just thought they were phenomenal. But the football they played was just a joy to watch. It wasn't your usual Italian football. It was almost like um, Mancini had bought his Premier League's head with him a little bit and got that Man City into that, a little bit into the Italian with with the solidity of the defence. And um, I just thought... They were a joy to watch, you know, what I did see of them. And I think overall from, again, what little I did see, I think they were worthy winners of the tournament at the end. So, that Chiesa uh, right, didn't he? Sorry? That, Chiesa, what a player he is. Oh, he looked yeah. phenomenal. Um, my, my daughter goes to me, Maya, uh, 14, she's 14 now, she was watching the final with me. And she go, she said, oh, look, he, he, he looks all right. And I said, yeah, he, he, she goes, who does he play for? And I said, well, I'm hoping Liverpool. So um, she goes, oh, <laughs> yeah, are you like yeah. him that much? I said, yeah, what I've seen of him, I do like him that much. So uh, his he old does man was a good He's only 23. Well. Yeah, his, his oh, old man was a good player as well, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I have no, to say... Fellini's a good player as well, isn't he? He knows yeah. it. He, 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 he likes to, um, likes to grab hold, doesn't he? Um, not let go. That was crucial, that, wasn't it? Some of the some of the highlights of the tournament were were Chiellini based, and another highlight of the tournament for me was Bob Mancini bringing his stag do to every match. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the the grey grey sport coated gang, incredibly large gang of lads that he had hanging around doing bits with their funny facial hair and what uh, the guess who uh, guy. Yeah. Oh, man, it's just tremendous. It was just a yeah. tremendous watch. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that. And I have, I have to say, I'm not quite sure what's going on with Bobby Mancini, but he looked, in the immediate aftermath, he looked freaking haunted. 
like he didn't look like he was enjoying himself at all. The, the, the smile on his face was forced beyond belief. So I don't know whether he's just not comfortable in these uh, winning scenarios, which you would doubt. Uh, but yeah, I was I was wondering what was going on there. But that was that was good. And one of the other things I think that you have both enjoyed as well was there was some nice little impact and contribution from some of our Reds on the tournament as well. We got to see Hendo getting his first goal. We got to see Shaq doing bits. That's all very very exciting. And now we're getting the pictures from the training camps in the mountains. There'll be lads on bikes now any day, which is always one to 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 get you excited that we're back in the in the mix mm-hmm. when that you see the reds on bikes. And I'm very, very excited about it. And where I'm going with this, uh Carl, I'll start with you on this one. Where I'm going with this is if we are lucky enough, and it will require a a, a measure of luck, that we do have the big man back and that we have this new man mountain uh Kanate uh and he hits the ground running. You know, for all the crying and moaning about who, what we do, who we get in, who we get out, and I want to see new players as much as the next man. And I, I, I think there are lads who could do it moving on as much as the next man. But I also think even like the squad that we have with Virgil back in it, I can remember where we were at Christmas. I think this squad does brilliantly, and I'm really excited to see what Kanate adds to the mix. Um, So I have to say I'm back. 100% in the zone now. It only takes a few training picks and I'm all in. Where are you with this? Uh, it reminded me of something um, uh, Peter Hooten said on Twitter. It's the, it's the Shankly quote when um, Roger Hunter came back to Anfield with his World Cup winner's medal and Shankly said, saying, well done, son, but now you've got more so more important stuff to do. I absolutely love that quote. Yeah, yeah, World Cup, yeah, but you know, we've got West Brom on Monday. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> not not enough for that for me. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's it's weird because I, again, I could do with a bit of a football rest to be honest. But uh, <laughs> we, we played well, a couple yeah, of weeks. Well, well I would I would recommend you take that because I did. Um, the minute the season was over, I just stopped caring about anything. I have not looked at one transfer rumor. I don't give a shit. I, I look at them on the day I do the show with Jan, so I have something to talk about. But other than that, it's all bollocks. I believe it when they're leaning. Uh, apart from that, I don't care. And I heartily recommend you do take that break. You know, when when we finish this show this evening, you just absolutely turn football off for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think it's, actually, it's, it's really good for you. We've spoken about this on this show before. Uh, the three of us have agreed that you need to do that for yourself, especially you know when you've had an immersive tournament like that. It is good because, you know, I, I, I what I'm saying to you is I got that little break for myself. I, I really begrudgingly got back into the into football about halfway through this tournament. So I, I, I have definitely benefited from a no football spell uh, to the extent that now I'm looking at training picks, Cam, and I'm. I'm looking at the size of Ibrahim Akonate knocking lads over left, right, and center, and he just looks like a, a, a man amongst kids, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do. Yeah, they are, they really are like three new signings. I have them three back. It's like we've got a whole new defense all of a sudden, and uh, like you say, with uh, big IK in there as well now. Um, and we've got genuine not that we didn't have before, but we really have got genuine quality across our back line now. And um, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, um, two lines up on the opening day of the season. 
as our centre back area. Yeah, you can see obviously Big Verge. I can see it being Big Verge and IK purely for um, uh, fitness reasons. I think probably Verge is ahead of Joe and, and Matip, but then I could also see Matip being thrown in with IK. You, you just see an IK, IK will start because you know he's he's fully match fit, you know, coming, you know, to being signed from, from playing games last season so I'm I'm just excited for to have them back um and it's great to see uh another one I'm looking forward to seeing is a uh, young um Harvey Elliott I'm quite excited to see what he brings got something about him there's, yes. a, there's a there's, there's a baller in him. There's a, there is a baller in him. And, you know, he had a good season in the championship. You know, he didn't look out of place for his age. He, he contributed really well to that Blackburn team. And, um, good to see if he can make the step up along with, uh, with Curtis. In, yeah, you know. after a tournament, after a tournament where you've seen young kids doing well, it's interesting, isn't it? I'd, I'd be the same as you. I'm very, very encouraged, uh, excited to see what he he'll bring. But you know, the naysayers will just go, "Huh, is this what? Huh, we're so reliant on a kid coming through because FSG won't put their hands in their pockets." And this is the ongoing shite that that that, that I think when I was saying the. To, to Carl, I think you know it's good for you to get away from for a while because it's actually on it's on it's unreadable, unwatchable for me. Unparticipate in a bull, I can't get involved with that crap. I just can't. It just it brings you down because people all have their own anxieties and people you actually like. This is the problem with Twitter. People you like are going to say things that you will find irritating, and then you'll find yourself irritated for the day. So. I recommend the, checking out. The, the question you should then put to them is, would you have taken uh, Jaden Sancho before he went to Dortmund? There That's were, crazy. The thing, the thing would have been then, who would Jaden Sancho before he went to Dortmund? So really, I, didn't, I don't remember big shouts on Twitter for Jaden Sancho before he went this to Dortmund. This happens all the time, though. We, we had it with yeah. um, Deli Ali as well. Because Deli Ali is like, he's got like posters of, of, of Gerard all over his, you know, you know, could we have got him, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I think that's always going to happen. It's the one that got away. You know, we famously had a look at Ronaldo and uh, but we both bulked at one and a half million or something like that. We did the same thing with Yap Stam actually as well. That, that, yeah, he, that's he, just going to happen. If you take that conversation back all the way, you get to, you get to stories like, you know, we nearly signed Frank Worthington. And I remember at the time thinking that, that guy was great. You know, and Michael Loudrup for me is the one that really got away because I remember there was really strong links with Michael Loudrup. And I thought, yeah. oh my God, if we'd gotten him in his pomp, oh my God, what a footballer he was. Uh, but yeah, we named on the deal or something, didn't we? we? We said that we wanted an extra year. It was all signed and done. So we wanted an extra year because we thought the extra year might be when he gets really good. And then, think, uh, and and anyhow, you went to Juve instead. I think you're right, and and you know, and and just to go back to your point, Cam, as Guy has said, I think you know, credit where it's due. I think that we were linked or did make some attempt to get Sancho in the early days. Um, but like, here's the thing: it's not no, just. Then, it's, 
they then the, the the people who were saying, oh, we we don't sign Sancho now now that he's established. They only want us to sign established players. They're not thinking, let's get these players, you know, when they're young and let's develop them into that player. Yeah, and they're also, they're also being very, very... The player has to start somewhere. Get him when he starts. But they're also being It's like very... there's this young kid, a um, guy will know his name, there's a young kid in the under-23s or under-21s. Uh, he's like a little mini Messi. Um, I can't say his name. Uh, he's a Polish kid and he, he's phenomenal from what I've seen of him. And um, it, Oh, oh the kid like, who signed a contract during the week. No, that was Owen Beck, wasn't it? That was Rushy's nephew. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's the no, one guy. Jakob uh, something, isn't it? Yeah, something like Muzilawoski or something. You know, I've totally mullered his name there. Um, but I'm just trying to read what guy's written. Muzilawoski. At the end yeah. of the day, that kid could go on. Did he sign a new contract? I don't. I wasn't aware. Sorry. So um, if that kid goes on to become something, that's what of United just played for Sancho, eighty odd million. Yeah. You know that's just prudent business. That's just small. Oh, you, you've, you've you've broken news to me here. This shows you how out of the loop I am. Is that deal done, Sancho to United? Well, about ten days ago, Trev. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I could not be prouder of myself. That I am, I am, <laughs> I am so, I'm so happy, lads. That is, this is, this is what the kind of moment that I live for. I had in a breeze, and I could not be happier. That's fantastic. Uh, Medical today says, uh, says guy to you, man. Yeah, Musilevsky is right. Um, we should start wrapping this up um, for uh, the run-in. Um, is there any specific, uh, I think we've left on the table there, footy-wise you want to talk about? Because I do have a sort of an outro, and I know you both have something each probably that you want to finish off with um, after that topic. So anything we've left on the table footy-wise that you want to get off your chest, either if you feel free to uh, scream at the microphone there. Oh, it's gone oh, all good. Great. Excellent. Lovely. Well, can I heartily recommend then in footy related and usual AIP uh, public service announcements, can I recommend if you are like me, a, a fella who's often out of the loop, like famously so, stunningly badly so, just caught live doing it there a second ago being out of the loop uh, and you haven't seen the show Ted Lasso. Um mm. Uh, which has been out for ages. I realized that, yeah. but like I say, I got myself one of those Apple things. I really enjoyed the morning show. I got hooked on that after Ted Lasso. Morning show was very good. It's great, but there's something about that Lasso um, show. It's just, it's kind of an odd mixture of daft and kind of sweet and heartwarming, uh, silly. Um, it's not particularly hold your sides funny, but there's something really engaging about it. I think it's hearts in the right place. So I would recommend that if anyone's got a chance to see it um, as part of um, my end of show public service announcement. Uh, and also do be aware, lads, uh, not to pour petrol on fires like an imbecile. Uh, uh, I can answer that, Trev. Hang on. <laughs> please do. Please do. Please do. Petrol and flames. X. I'll try and have my shit together if for if and when uh, you do get round to making that visit to to to. Well, yeah, to I'm, I'm going to see it, aren't I? Yeah, so ideally, I would like somewhere to sleep that doesn't involve ashes. 
Yeah, I'll I'll do I'll do my best to have uh, to have gotten rid of the firebug tendencies. Uh, what have you got to finish this out with, Carl? Because uh, I know Cam's probably. I think you sort of uh, shot your bolt I earlier. Mine, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll just let you do a sign out in a second. But what have you got, um, Carl, to finish this with? I'll, I'll, I'll say very very briefly that um, yesterday a parakeet visit visited my garden. So uh, obviously, I know you're fascinated by the talk of tits of Instagram, which is the hashtag I've created. Yes. Um, when I take photos of the robins, blue tits, and great tits that visit my bird feeders, and yesterday uh, a large green parakeet sat on top of one of the feeders, and I got some photos of him, which I will put on Instagram later for us all. I, I genuinely am enjoying your ornithological adventures. I have to say it's tremendous. Uh, and to be able to sort of revel in um, shouting and roaring on Instagram and Twitter about tits of Instagram gives me a lovely puerile thrill as well. So thanks for that. Enjoy that immensely. Uh, and we should finish. I'm going to do a section because this is a freaking epic poem. Let me copy and paste it into the into the uh, chat for you in a second. But we're going to finish with this uh, at the, the the end part of Darren's uh, poem called Cannibal Cam, which is all about the origin story of this character that we described here in his, his purple suit. Um, and he's he's and quite literal. Well, I I don't doubt it. Uh, the 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 final stanza goes as follows, and like I say, this is epic, lads. You know, there is this is this is this is an epic, an epic piece. So be careful as you go about your daily chores in style devout. Do not ignore, but turn around if you faintly hear the old fair ground. For Cam the cannibal is near, and it is he your soul should fear. Deep in his eyes, you know the flicker now fire rages in your ticker. You scramble and adrenal trickles, throwing at him small obstacles. But alas, you know the end is nigh. Cry your tears, sigh your sighs. The cannibal closes in to kill and add you to his London grill. I mean, this is something that needs to be followed on. So, Darren, if you're out there, any more uh, uh, visual <laughs> treats, we will get these up on the Instagram because uh, they're bloody fantastic. So thanks for that. Any, anybody else wants to share stuff like that with us, uh, please feel free because we will make a point of sharing it with others. Uh, and Cam, just to sign off after getting your moment in the sun there, uh, being immortalised by Darren. Um, I'm honoured. There you go. What more can I say? What more can you I'm say? I'm honoured. Uh, yeah, humble and honoured to be uh, portrayed in such a gruesome fashion. We will be back with you, we promise. Uh, we might let Carl have a week off if he fancies it, but we will be back with you. There'll be lots of nonsense to talk about in the weeks to come before the season starts. So stick with us. Thanks to Carl. Thanks to Cam. Thanks to Guy. I've been Trev Danny. We'll talk to you again soon. Mind yourselves. Sports Social Podcast Network.